plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success birds, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, welcome, Power Partners, to our informational playground. It is Star Style. Be the star you are. Brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are, 501c3 charity, a top-rated charity with GuideStar and top nonprofits. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I am coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they've already transpired, because I do believe you are the writer, producer, and the star of your own life. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. We hope you'll consider making a donation to help those in need to empower women, families, and youth through increased literacy and positive media messages like we bring to you on this program, Star Style, and also on our teen show, Express Yourself. This is by Robert Orban. Two kinds of people in this world, realists and dreamers. First, know where they're going. Second, have already been there. So I guess what we're trying to say is let's be a dreamer and then we can be a realist. Well, the show today, we're going to uh, talk about gratitude because whenever a year is beginning, I think we need to start with gratitude and appreciation. And then I will, uh, in the third segment, take you on a little adventure through the flora and fauna of the island of Cuba, where I was recently. So that'll be kind of an exciting thing. But right now, I want to talk about nature's prescriptions, because studies have shown that the benefits of spending time outdoors are absolutely humongous. You'll relax, you get exercise, you improve your mental health, you interact with other nature lovers as you breathe in the fresh air. And I just want to give you this prescription for wellness by nudging you outside even if you are living in a climate where there is snow and rain and you know and it's cold whatever it is we need to get outside at least 15 minutes a day so Dr. Robert Czar is a pediatrician in Washington DC and he often prescribes therapies that don't come in a bottle or a pill pack And that was one of the things that I loved about Dr. Bernie Siegel, who wrote the foreword to the first book in the Be The Star You Are series, Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. He used to prescribe therapies that involved nature and especially time with animals. So the great thing about these kind of prescriptions is that they are redeemable only outdoors in the fresh air of like a local park or out in the woods, these nature prescriptions are telling you to spend an hour each week outdoors. Now, if you want to make it sports and it, you want to do, you know, tennis or skiing or soccer or whatever it is, uh, wave running, it might sound a little bit whimsical, but the doctors that like to prescribe this are really serious about these prescriptions, and they are actually recorded in patients' electronic health records. There is a paradigm shift now in a way that we think about the outdoors and about parks. They're not just a place for recreation, and I'm talking about a park right now, but literally as a prescription and a place to improve your health. Because what we found is um, Americans really, really need some time outdoors. We have a real problem with obesity, mental health issues, and chronic conditions like hypertension and type 2 diabetes. And this is a growing movement. It actually started a long time ago, and I've spoken about it before, and I've written about it in my columns in Japan when they would do what they call forest bathing. But the movement has now really come to America to bring the outdoors into medicine. Now, nobody wants to claim that nature is the cure-all for all diseases, because of course that 
isn't true. But what uh, physicians want to capitalize on is how the mental and physical health benefits of being in a green space, of spending time outside, really, really do help our health, our well-being, and our peace of mind. There was a 2017 research review that was published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. And what it did is it analyzed 64 studies exploring the the effects of forest bathing, what I was talking about that would happen started in Japan. And what forest bathing is, is like taking a walk in the woods and really tuning into nature. I mean, you know, sight, sound, smell, listening to the birds or listening to the leaves rustle or listening to the silence, smelling, smelling all the different earthy smells that you are going to find in nature. And then concluding that the practice is linked to stress relief less depression and anxiety, it lowers your blood pressure, it decreases your heart rate, and even more. So by writing these nature prescriptions and, you know, also using pharmaceutical prescriptions when necessary, we're not poo-pooing that, physicians are encouraging their patients to get outdoors and take advantage of what many are viewing these days as free medicine. The specificity that comes with framing these recommendations as prescriptions motivates patients to actually do them because uh, people are looking forward to going outside and to actually feeling successful. So it's a it's, it's really it's a, a win-win for everyone. Now in October, uh, a government-run hospital system in Scotland, the NHS Shetland began allowing doctors at 10 medical practices to write nature prescriptions that promote outdoor activities as a routine part of patient care. And then in recent years, organizations with the goal of getting people outside for their health have just just yeah, proliferated here in the United States. Even the National Park Service Healthy Parks, Healthy People Program promotes parks as a powerful health prevention strategy both locally and nationally. There's also a program called Walk with a Doc, and that sponsors free physician-led community walks, and they are now in 47 states. There's another program called Park Rx, which has studied and tracked park prescription programs since 2013, and these are in 33 states as well as Washington, D.C. What I really love is that mental health professionals are actually going green too. And a growing number of ecotherapy counselors are conducting sessions outdoors to combine the benefits of therapy and nature. I know one of the things that I started doing years ago, probably 20 years ago, when I was coaching, um, acting or doing these acting seminars, is I would take my students outside on a nature walk. This is long before I heard anything about nature bathing or forest bathing or any of this, but I just felt it was just regenerate, uh, you know, really rejuvenative for the kids and for the people taking the classes. And what we would be required to do is tune in to all the subtleness that was happening in nature. And then when we came back into the classroom, Uh, each individual would have to act out something that they experienced in nature. And everyone really found it to be kind of a profound experience that made them go deeper into who they were. So it's something that I really recommend. Now, these kind of unusual prescriptions are the nicest prescriptions probably you'll ever fill because uh, they encourage people to actually do them. And with social media and Instagram, when you see your friends going out to a beautiful place, you know, whether it's to a park or the ocean or a forest or a mountain or the desert, it makes you want to go too. So it'll help you to make a positive choice in your life rather than a punitive choice. So, we don't. We want to get away from that whole adage: is if you're sick, take a pill. How about you know, if you're not feeling that well, let's go outside and let's just get well quickly. So here, I'm going to just give you in a nutshell the real benefits of going outside in any weather. And by the way, make sure you dress for the weather. If if it is hot outside, 
you know, make sure that you have plenty of water with you and that you're dressed appropriately. Always wear sunscreen because even if it's cloudy, you can get sunburnt. You want to be careful there. But if you're living in the cold or uh, in a northern climate where there's a lot of snow, you know, I don't think going out in your bathing suit is a good idea. You know, go wear gloves and a hat and dress appropriately. So here are some benefits. First of all is relaxation. Um, all the scientific studies are showing that spending time outdoors decrease levels of the hormone cortisol, and they lower blood pressure, and then they reduce other markers of stress. Well, we all want to be uh, less stressed, so let's go outside. The second thing, physical activity. Exercise is absolutely an important pillar of health, and going outside encourages you to get moving, whether by hiking, biking, gardening, strolling, kayaking, swimming, skiing, whatever it is. Physical activity is really good for you. And I know when I was younger and just was like this, you know, uber athlete constantly going, going in all different kinds of of, uh, physical activity, I used to think, oh, when I get older, I'm just going to ease up because I'm going to be so toned that I won't need to do it anymore. And obviously, what happens is the opposite is true. As you get older, you actually have to exercise more because your body loses its elasticity and its flexibility and all of that much quicker. So you have to just keep going. Social support. Parks are inherently social places, so seeing and interacting with other people will guard against loneliness, and loneliness has been determined to be a major public health issue, a a public health threat, so by being in a social area outside, it's going to foster community, you'll make new friends, and you'll probably make, you know, dates to meet up once a week or whatever, or maybe walk the dog, whatever it is. But it's really good for you. The other thing is social support. um, And that's because mental health uh, research has shown that spending time in green space can lift moods and reduce symptoms of depression and anxiety, including rumination and feelings of worthlessness. Ah, soaking in the arresting beauty of nature has been found to lower levels of inflammation in the body and spark feelings of generosity, perspective, and selflessness. And finally, fresh air. Pollution is linked to a number of ills, ranging from respiratory problems to cancer and to heart disease. So breathing clean air may actually reduce your risks. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about uh, being grateful and appreciation. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. If you're going outside, take me with you. I'll be right back. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. The radio host of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and producer of Express Yourself, Cynthia Bryan, is a New York Times best-selling author of several books. Buy personalized, empowering, and inspiring first edition copies for you and your company today. Transform your life. Live your passions. Discover your best self. Visit CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. 
Now, back to the power party. This business of show business. Well, did you take a walk in the woods while we were on break? Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are. We're broadcasting to you on the Voice America Network. And I'm really glad that you are here with us. Well, are you one of those people whose glass is always half empty? I mean, do you do you look at the bad things more than at the good? It's really time to start appreciating your blessings and incorporate gratitude into your daily life because the perks are big and I would like to help you attain them. If you face the day with a thankful mindset, science says that you will feel happier, you'll sleep better, and you'll be more calm as well as react to challenges in a more tranquil and easier way. So, so many of us spend our time complaining rather than appreciating. And how can you change that? Hopefully that I'll be able to give you a few answers here um, in this segment of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. What I found is thankfulness has pretty much disappeared from daily routines, and that's really unfortunate. We had a guest on our show um, not too long ago, Dr. Bud Belanich, and he was talking about that very same thing, is that very few people say thank you anymore. And practicing gratitude isn't just about manners. It's an important and effective form of self-care because when you are grateful for other things, you really, really feel better about yourself. It's a, a very powerful way to boost well-being. There is a growing body of research that links regular doses of gratitude to better sleep, greater happiness, and possibly even lowering blood pressure. And the times when it feels hardest to practice gratitude, hello, that is probably when we need to do it more often. I know when I was growing up, my parents used to always say to us, if you can't say something nice about somebody or something, then don't say anything at all. And since there were five kids, of course, we would fight and, you know, all that stuff. And, and we would make these crazy remarks to one another. And that was just one of the things that we were always taught. Be grateful for each other, appreciate each other, and, you know, knock it off with that kind of language. Now, Robert Edmonds is a Ph.D., and he's a leading expert on the science of gratitude. He defines it as an awareness and an appreciation for all the goodness in our lives. Gratitude happens when we recognize the source of good as outside ourselves. For example, like your mom made a great spaghetti dinner, or for me, I just love going out into nature and I can just, you know, I can watch the clouds or see the stars at night. Or when I was just in Cuba riding horses, <laughs> when it was pitch black in the rainforest and I couldn't see anything and just allowing the horse to lead the way, that was rather, rather interesting. I just had to let go and be grateful that I had a horse to lead me out of the rainforest. Well, because um, gratitude is other-focused, it can also act as an emotional spackle in relationships. In other words, when you acknowledge your your uh, a friend, you know, for for being there for you in a time when you really needed it, that actually brings you closer. Or when one of your partner or your spouse does something unexpected that you needed at that moment, that is a really good thing. So to incorporate emotion into your everyday life, there are some certain things that you can do. How do you overcome your the instinct? Now, again, as I was saying at the top of the segment, if your glass is always hem, you know, half empty, and there are a lot of people are, they're just that way, you can cut yourself a break. But humans evolved to be on high alert for bad things. So it's said that, you know, our caveman predecessors who scanned the horizon for that saber-toothed tiger, instead of stopping to smell the wildflowers, they might have had the right idea. I would have probably stopped to smell the wildflowers, so maybe <laughs> my, my uh, progeny would not survive. Um, but the ones that did watch for the saber-toothed tiger, they survived to reproduce. But now today the threats are really different. But we still have to look out for potential problems that, and that we're still on our default, which is forcing the life's blessings that we have to fade into the background. 
So gratitude is tricky because most of us have a natural tendency to adapt swiftly to changing circumstances. And it works to our benefit when bad things happen. For example, you might think that it is just the end of the world when when perhaps you file for divorce or you, know, or you separate from a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But a year or two down the line, people rate themselves as extremely happy and perhaps happier than before that, um, that divorce or that split. Now, uh, scientists actually have a name for this. They call it the hedonic adaptation. So what happens is we get used to positive changes quickly too, and that means we take them for granted. So if you have, you know, if you've always wanted to move into a new house and then you move into the new house and you absolutely love that new house and you just think everything is so fabulous about it. And then a year down the line, you notice that the windows might be um, letting in too much air or door is leaking or it's squeaking or whatever that is. And then you look at it as an obstacle. So what gratitude requires is that we pause We soak in the things around us in a very mindful way because constant busyness is our culture's default mode these days. And we don't make time for stillness and gratitude requires stillness. Now, one thing that I do that I can pass on to you, and I do this every single morning, I take about 20 minutes in the morning. And if that means getting up a little bit earlier In order to start my day, I still do that because to me it's important. And I just am really quiet and mindful and meditate. And in that meditation, I consistently in my mind am saying thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful. And I actually do this outside in nature. And I look around at everything um, in nature. I'm looking at the trees, whether even if it's raining, I'm doing this. I'll do it with an umbrella and a hat and stuff. But I'm looking at what's happening. I'm listening to the birds, and I'm thanking all the different species for being there. It also gives me time to focus on what the rest of my day is going to be like. And it's amazing how many ideas I get, especially before I have to write an article or do a radio show. I really enjoy uh, this peaceful time because new ideas spark. I also get thoughts of who I need to email or call or other things that might have fallen through the wayside. So it's really important for me to be thankful. Now, here's some insight that you might want to be thankful for. When you understand that obstacles are the first step to finding workarounds, this could become your gratitude practice stick. Now, you don't have to carve out a special time like I do, but I find that it's the best way to integrate gratitude into my daily life. One other way, and I do this with, um, with my students, is to have a gratitude journal. And I know you've heard this many, many times, but if you have a hard time, it's a good thing to do. If you are a keyboarder and you just, you know, work on your iPad or your computer or your phone um, and you don't want to write things down, you might just want uh, to make a, a document where you just write a few things you're grateful for on a daily basis and just, you know, freeform it so that if you're ever feeling like, Uh, you don't have anything in life, uh, less than, let's put it that way, you can just open that document and read all the things, whether it's a pillow to lie your head on or food in your stomach or a bathroom and running water or a shower. I mean, it's so amazing the things we take for granted. Um, I, I did, was just in Cuba and you know, this is a very, very impoverished nation. The people are happy, but they have very, very little. And I was just blown away at how much we as Americans have and take for granted, including toilet paper and running water and flushing toilets. So I'm very, very grateful for those things. I've come to, uh, you know, depend on them. So by taking some time every day to practice gratitude, what happens is it just becomes a habit. And you'll find yourself even in the middle of the day and sometimes at nighttime, something will come across your path and you'll just think to yourself, I am really grateful for this moment. I am really appreciative. So your goal is to collect as much good stuff as you possibly, possibly can. What I'm encouraging you is to appreciate your blessings. So if you're really ready to feel grateful, 
Here are a few other simple tactics to get you to say thanks and to mean it every every single day. So one thing is, of course, it's very easy, is to be to admit your thankfulness for everything around you. Like you go to the farmer's market to buy your produce, really thank those farmers for growing it because the work that they put into it is just unfathomable uh, to a city person. I know that I know people are young kids that I've talked to, but even some adults who, who actually had no idea where where their food is grown or, you know, where cauliflower comes from or what it looks like in the ground or lettuce or onions or, you know, any of that. So just be very grateful and say thank you. And when you go and get your hair cut, say thank you to the person who knows how to cut your hair. If you have somebody that is helping you, you know, clean your house or work in your garden or fixes your electricity or, you know, comes as your handyman, make sure to really say thank you that they have done something special that you needed done. And that's what makes the world grow round. The other thing is to try out a few new words. If you really mean it when you say thanks, that's important, but sometimes it can just come off as, you know, nothing more than just a reflex. But if you mix up your phrases, that might help you a little bit. And I think this is more important when you're dealing with people on an everyday basis, such as your family, you know, your husband, your wife, your partner, your children, parents, etc. Instead of just saying, you know, thanks for emptying the dishwasher, maybe just say, I really want you to know how I am so grateful that you took the time to empty the dishwasher today because I really didn't have time to do it. Or, um, you know, if somebody does something for you, just let them know how much it means to you and how much you appreciate it. Sometimes that just jolts people into feeling the sentiment more. The other thing, making a list, as I already said, you can write it, you know, write it down. But even more than just keeping a journal, what about just keeping a running tally of maybe 10 things every day? You know, you know and you could even put it in an email if that's the easiest for you, or you could talk it into your phone and um, send it to yourself. I think that's kind of a good thing. I really like writing things down, but then again, I am a writer and I am an author, so writing to me comes naturally. So if you wanted to say, I'm just, you know, I'm grateful for coffee in the morning that wakes me up, put it in an email and dash it off to yourself. Just keep the ideas coming so that you can create time for experiences that make you feel that awe. Uh, Again, go and walk in the forest, listen to some new music, you know, dance when nobody's looking, do some things that you don't normally do, and then be really appreciative about it. Um, Food is another really good thing, is if you can, when you eat something new, you know, be adventuresome and eat something, and then be grateful that you have food because that is important. I love to take pictures of flowers and plants and trees. Uh, I like to touch them, smell them, all of that, capture that beautiful moment. And then I'm really grateful that I actually have have a memory because I took a picture. So taking a picture is something another way. Also, learn to accept that bad things happen to good people. And you don't have to feel like you're blissed out all the time to feel grateful because life is really complicated uh, <laughs> and it's tough. And we have some really bad days. And other people have bad days that help us to have bad days. But just remember, we always have a choice to choose happiness over being angry or sad or whatever. So we have to learn how to redirect our attention to something else. And, you know, also think about when you get really angry at someone, would you miss them if they were gone? Because, you know, we all, again, we're all humans. We all have these foibles and issues that are about us and we can make each other angry sometime but if somebody uh, does you wrong make sure to think about forgiving them and then how much would you miss them you could also pen uh, a letter of gratitude to someone who's affected your life in a positive way and the interesting thing about doing that is it really boosts your happiness like right now I'm in the midst of 
writing recommendations for many of the my volunteers at Be The Star You Are who are seniors and are applying to major colleges. And I know they appreciate the fact that I'm writing letters of recommendation, but it gives me an opportunity to let them know how grateful I am for their service and to acknowledge their uh, growth throughout the years and how they might have started small and then took on more responsibility and really became the stars they were born to be under the auspices of Be the Star You Are. And so it's, it's fun for me to actually look at that, even though it takes a lot of time. So the recipient of a note that you might write will feel good as well, and that's kind of nice. Senders believe that receiving a letter might be uncomfortable, but the reality is people are really are happy when they are told that they are appreciated. So don't hold back on letting people know how you feel about them. Just like my engineer right now, you know, he is fantastic Matt, and that's how he's going to introduce himself. <laughs> so possible perks. Um, here's the science on how gratitude could do us good. Sleep. Just two weeks of keeping a gratitude diary with three exercises a week lead to a boosting in sleep quality. And that's from a a study on the Journal of Health Psychology. It increases optimism and positivity, and it helps people sleep easier. Self-control. Make a gratitude list the next time you have to wait in line or any of that. Subjects asked to recall something they appreciated were better able to delay gratification. Romantic harmony. Couples were instructed to express their appreciation for each other in four to six talk sessions at one study. At the end of the study, they rated their relationships as stronger than those who used the time to chat about their day. Then happiness. A study in the Journal of Positive Psychology asked subjects to spend a week recalling and writing about three things that had made them feel grateful or three things that made them feel pride. And afterwards, the blessing counters rated themselves as happier than the prideful. So, you know, you count your blessings, it's better than being proud of something. And then generosity. Subjects who were primed to feel grateful by having a disguised researcher fix their computer glitch were more likely to help strangers afterwards. So again, that's all about passing it forward. Well, I hope that you can tap into gratitude because it's going to make you feel great and it will help those around you. When we come back from break, we will do some Cuba Libre. We will go into the flora and fauna of Cuba. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Walt Disney was told that He lacked imagination and that he had no good ideas. Thomas Edison's teacher said that he was too stupid to learn anything. After an audition, Fred Astaire's casting people wrote, can't sing, can't act, slightly balding, can't dance a little. (laughs) We all know the rest of the story. These innovators never gave up on their dreams, and neither should you. They continued to believe and invest in themselves and in their future. And like these industry giants, there is a turning point for every leader where you can settle or you can go for more. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And when someone says no, just say next. The bottom line is never, never, never give up. And that was from Winston Churchill. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information or to book a coaching session, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an B-R-I-A-N, CynthiaBryan.com. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 
925-377-STAR. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of Only those who go where few have gone can see what few have seen. And that is a quote by Buddha. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You are joining me now on Voice America. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Did you know that poinsettias grow into trees or that mother's tongue, also known as snake plant, is an excellent fence barrier? Well, without a thought from whence a plant derives, most of us buy our indoor plants at nurseries, at grocery stores, and big box centers. So our decor includes colorful tropical specimens that will thrive inside our homes. Well, on a quest to discover the flora and fauna that bring joy to our world, I traveled to Cuba recently on a program in support of the Cuban people. And throughout my journey, the diverse and unique landscape constantly changed as our small group of six, plus an informative Cuban guide, hiked through nature reserves, parks, rainforests, and into the magnificent Escambray Mountains. In 1492, Christopher Columbus discovered Cuba, and he described it as the most beautiful land that human eyes had ever seen, supporting 7,500 species of flowering plants with more than 53% being endemic. Cuba is a garden lover's paradise. Now, besides gigantic tree ferns, indigenous species of orchids, tillandsias, which are air plants, bromeliads, ginger, palms. The rivers, grottos, caves, and waterfalls were dotted with banana, mango, papaya, orange, and grapefruit trees. Ixora, which is commonly called jungle flame or jungle geranium, fire spike, and philodendrons twined up 50-foot trees. Now think about that. Most of us have philodendrons or at some time had a philodendron in our house. But these philodendrons in the wild, they actually wind around these huge trees. doesn't matter what it is. And they'll just go up into the treetops, sometimes as high as 100 feet. There were fields of sugarcane, coffee plants, and tobacco that straddled lowlands and the hillsides. We traversed log bridges over rushing rivers in Topas de Colantes, and they were all flanked with mimosas. Now, mimosas are those wonderful little plants, kind of like Venus flytrap, where when you touch them, their leaves instantly close. And it's rather fun to, to watch them, although it's not really good to do it often because it exudes a lot of energy for the mimosa when they have to close their leaves. We tiptoed on rocks, crossing trickling streams. We swam in the Posetta de Cristal, which is a crystal pond under a waterfall near the top of the mountain. And a tree, uh, a sign on the tree read, Salto los desparamaderos, which translated means jump the scatters. That gave me a, a big chuckle because I was thinking, what are the scatters? So I guess the scatters were like the pieces of limbs and things that had fallen. But I, I tell you, we were jumping them. There were tall, thick spires of bamboo that led to the mouth of the river where rocky stalactites and, stalag, and stalagmites either hung from the ceiling, that would be the stalactites, um, from the caves. And then there were these really large rocky formations of stalagmites that were rising from the cavern floor. We were fortunate enough to witness the unique Cuban national bird, the trogon tocororo, also called the tocoloro, and it was sitting on a limb in the forest. And evidently, this is pretty rare to see. They're this beautiful bird. They have feathers of red, white, and blue, which reflect those of the Cuban national flag. Now, this endemic bird is found only in Cuba. And it is said that it'll die of sadness if it is ever put in captivity. So there are none in captivity anywhere. And the symbolism for the bird is the desire of the Cuban people to always be free. They're not quite free yet. They can't travel out of the country without quite a bit of issue 
but they all have a hope that they will be able to do so, you know, one of these days. Now, that particular bird was called a guatini by the Taino Indians, which were the original um, the original native Indians of Cuba that came to the island or were f- on the island around the 10th century. And it also is um, an onomatopoeia when you talk about the name of the bird. Be, when I say tocororo or tocororo, it's because when it sings, it's like tocororo, tocororo. <laughs> and people don't really know if it's tocororo or tocororo that it's saying, but that's what it sounds like. Now, one day at lunch, we were under this thatched canopy, and we saw the largest endemic land mammal in Cuba. It's called the Cuban hutia. It's a friendly and curious rodent that lives in trees. I mean, it's also called a tree rat, which makes it sound like it's terrible, but it's it's not. The sad thing about it is it's almost extinct because of over-harvesting. It is the cutest little animal, and it's super friendly, and it just, it just comes up to you and, you know, wants to be pet. Another day, we stopped at a hut in the Zapatia Swamp um, to have lunch, and we didn't see any crocodiles. Now, the Cuban crocodile is an endangered species, and it's only found in Cuba. The produce on this island is always organic, it's always fresh, and it's always delicious. So when I commented about the importance of growing and eating organic, our guide informed us that farming organically is not something that the Cuban people do because they want to be organic. They do it not by choice, but by necessity, because the cost of fertilizers, pesticides, and insecticides are prohibitively expensive. So growing organic is cheaper than using chemicals in farming. So that also means that they also lose some of the crops. So we have to be, um, we have to, we we have to know that. Fruits and vegetables are only going to be eaten in season. When I was there, we were eating pineapple, guava, bananas, which were incredibly sweet, probably some of the sweetest I've ever tasted. But mangoes were not in season, so we didn't have mangoes. Now, in Havana, carts of tomatoes and peppers and lettuces, beets, bananas, cucumbers, and whatever else is in season are pushed through the streets, offering a daily farmer's market to the citizens. Now, something else that I learned when I was there was about the pay scale and the monetary system. There are two monetary systems in Cuba, the CUC, the C-U-C, and the COUP, which is C-U-P. The C-U-C is for tourists, and it's pegged to the dollar. One CUC is equal to one dollar. But the COUP, C-U-P, is what the citizens use. The citizens there, if they work for the state, and doctors, lawyers, teachers, uh, you know, bus drivers, anybody in state buildings, they all work for the state. And as such, they get paid a whopping 20 to $40 a month, which is not enough to live on, obviously. And farmers, when a farmer is farming, the state takes 90% of its profits from the crop and 10% are left to the farmer. So what we um, experienced is that everybody has second jobs. They all do these other things. So a doctor might be a surgeon during the day and he might be driving a taxi at night or uh, a lawyer might be, you know, being an attorney during the day and at night he's selling pies on the street or she's selling pies on the street. So it's a it's rather interesting for us as tourists to hike in the mountains. It might cost us uh, $10 to go as to a certain point, but it will only be five cents for Cubans. There were restaurants where you could uh, where the Cubans go to eat and the price on the menu is literally in the cents. Now, if uh, a tourist comes into that restaurant, they give you a different menu that will be in the in the cooks, which would be tagged to the dollar. Nature is what attracted me to Cuba, and it didn't disappoint. So, 
after hiking, biking, snorkeling, kayaking, bird watching, horseback riding, and examining the flora and fauna of the island, it really was the people that stole my heart. They have so little, economically speaking, yet they are joyful, and they're full of life, and they're very welcoming to Americans. I had, uh, we stayed in what are called Casa Particulars, which this is another way that people make, um, that make money is that they rent out rooms in their houses for the, the uh, people to, for, you know, for tourists to stay in. So what they do is, um, you know, they're really, really simple rooms. I'm sure there are other casas, maybe they're more elaborate. But the one that we stayed in, for example, uh, in order to flush a toilet, you had to get a hose and fill the toilet with water. And then um, a shower was just a hose. It wasn't a shower. And in one where we stayed, they had like a handheld shower, but it didn't have much pressure. I mean, really just had drips. And it was held together with tape, not even duct tape, just regular tape. Towels were hard to find. Toilet paper was hard to find. Um, But everything was very clean. It was just very minimalistic, like no lamps. One or maybe a small little table and um, a twin bed or a double bed. So they didn't have, you know, they didn't have very much. But for whatever they had, they were always willing to uh, share with you and they wanted to talk with you. Now, not many Americans have had the opportunity to visit this impoverished yet beautiful Caribbean nation. But if you are one of those individuals who want to see what few have seen, consider a trip to support the Cuban people because you will be rewarded with a visit of joy, diversity, and plenty of hugs. And if you would like to bring some Cuban plants into your home that make great house plants. Let me tell you what they're called because you can get them at your at your local um, nursery or garden center. Now, Exora, this is called jungle flame. It's flame of the woods or a jungle geranium. It has clusters of star-shaped flowers and usually pink or red. Poinsettia, everybody knows that because people like to get them at Christmas. They usually last for a few months. It's a euphorbia, but the interesting thing about it is in... Cuba, it grows into a tree. Now, although red is the most popular color, the bracts actually come in pinks and whites and salmon and bicolors, and poinsettias love warmth and humidity. If you live in a cold place, you'll have to keep it indoors, but if you live in a warm, humid place like in the south, you could plant it outside and see if yours could grow into a tree. Now, Tillandsias, they're the largest genus of the bromeliad family. They are air plants, and they will cling to anything. Uh, They like natural light. They do need to be soaked like once a week and then mist them to keep them happy because they usually live in rainforests. Bromeliads, I love bromeliads. They add a touch of the tropics to every home. And the flowers of the top of the bromeliad, they could be pink, red, maroon. They require so minimal care. All you got to do is fill the cup at the base with water and then just let them thrive. Don't water them at the bottom. Don't water them from the roots. You water, there's a there's a cup that is... Um, that's like at the base of the flower, not at the base of the plant. And that's what you fill with water. When it's empty, you put more in. Now, philodendrons, they are really easy care house plants. The vining ones will need a pole to climb. And the non-climbing ones, they'll grow upright without any support. They like bright, indirect sunlight. And they love an uh, occasional vacation outdoors in the shade. And you can spray them down with a hose if you take them outside. Snake plant, also known as mother's tongue, is one of the best air freshener plants that we can have. It requires almost no water and no care, and it'll help you breathe freely. So consider that. Mimosa pudica, that is a perennial herb, and it's in the pea family, and that is called the touch-me-not plant. So when it touch, when you touch it, it closes its leaf. Uh, and, of course, it titillates all the audience to see it. But the reality is, is you're not supposed to touch it too much. But it's very pretty. It's very fern-like, and it'll grow well in, indoors. And then, finally, Cuban plants that you can grow in your garden outside. One is called the glowy blower. 
And it makes an excellent choice for trellises, poles, other structures in full sun because these glowy glowy blowers are climbers. And since they're tropical, they do need to be protected from frost. And they're usually a beautiful kind of fluorescent pink or um, a rosy red. Coleus, you're probably very familiar, familiar with it. It's a painted nettle plant. It grows outdoors when it's warm, but being a tender specimen, it will grow well as a container house plant as well, or in a container outside that you can move to protect it. Royal palm is the main palm tree of Cuba. They grow to 60 feet, and you can grow them in frost-free areas. It's moderately drought-resistant, and it has these berries that birds love. It's a really pretty palm tree. Now, bamboo, oh, well, that is a fast-growing giant grass. It makes an excellent privacy screen, but beware, bamboo can take over. It can break cement, concrete, and sidewalks. Fire spot, uh, spike, fire spike is an evergreen shrub. It tolerates drought, producing brilliant panicles of a tubular waxy flower, um, and it's it kind of blooms summer through winter, and it is red. And then ginger, there's both ornamental and edible ginger. It's so easy to grow. So if you would like a ginger plant, just buy a piece of ginger at your grocery store, cut off a piece, a healthy piece, a plump ginger root, and uh, plant it in the location you want. The leaves die back in winter and then harvest when you need it. So there you have it, a little bit of Cuba Libra uh, that you can bring in to your household. Well, I hope you enjoyed our program for today. I thank you for being great listeners and coming into my life every week, every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on uh, Voice America Network, where you can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or to get a coaching session, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. I want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are already the star that you've dreamed of uh, becoming. And read a book this week. It's like a garden in your pocket. Please pick up a copy of our newest book. Uh, which is Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers. You can also get Growing with the Goddess Gardener. Go to CynthiaBryan.com and you will find it in our online store. So until next week when we celebrate again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and make this year be the best year of your life. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.